As you know, I read through a chapter of Proverbs every day, and I encourage you to do it as well, because there's 31 chapters of Proverbs, and each month has, you know, 30, 31 days, so it's really an easy way. <clears throat> and I didn't really see much effect to it. Uh, Tori, you can bring that up here, actually, uh, for the first couple of years. But now it's like, man, Proverbs just popped in my head constantly in different situations. I think of this proverb or that proverb. And this is one of them, Proverbs 19.6, that I've been thinking about for quite some time. It says, Many entreat the favor of nobility, and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. You know, and I was like, every man is a friend to one, and everyone is a friend to somebody who gives gifts. And this has been percolating in my heart for really over a year and thinking about it <clears throat> and it fit with uh, this message and getting a grasp on the idea of a kingdom economy <clears throat> because God is a giver. All right. All right. In order to understand the economy of God, you have to understand the key principle that key uh, that a uh, fundamental to god's nature is that god is a giver he gives and the purpose of life i believe that the primary purpose of life is not to get stuff but to get more like god to become more like christ we pray let us be we want to be christ-like we want to be more like jesus we want to be uh, be more like uh, the Father. Well, this is an, a very important uh, element of God's nature. James chapter 1, verse 17. <clears throat> another verse that you really should know. James 1, 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Think about this. Every good gift... And every perfect or complete, everything that's perfect, good, every good gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. And so we have to see our mental image or our impression, our idea of the Father has to be this, uh, uh, the Father of lights as a giver of gifts. Not just any gift, but everything that's good. What he means by that is that, man, if there's anything that's, that's valuable, it comes from God above. And God wants to give, and that's His nature. Let's read another scripture. John 3.16. Alright? Of course, we should all be familiar that God so loved the world that He what? He gave His only begotten Son. So God the Father gave His most valuable possession to mankind. Alright? That is a picture of the nature of God the Father. That He doesn't give just maybe something extra that's on the side, but He gives His most precious. 1 Corinthians 12.11 um, talks about the Holy Spirit giving spiritual gifts. And it says, and this is a quote, it says, distributing to each one individually. Okay, how many here are an individual? How many aren't? We'll have a counseling appointment. <laughs> we are each. And I really like how when Paul, in the middle of this great discussion about spiritual gifts, he emphasizes that, we're, that the Holy Spirit gives, he distributes to each one individually. 
It can, it repeats the whole idea, each one individually. <clears throat> so picture the Holy Spirit taking a gift and going to, oh, what, you know, he's like, I wonder what Adam's really going to, you know, what gift would really bless Adam? I want to give Adam something that, that'll really make him happy. Did we bring that? We didn't, we didn't happen to bring that. We bought you a gift. <laughs> this coming Saturday, I'm, we're going to, you know, it's not just me, it's the church, but it's in my heart to give each of you a gift. And that's why we're doing the, the Christmas family dinner and we're, we're having it catered because it's a gift to each one of you. And if I could, I'd give each one of you a gift. But more than that, the Holy Spirit really does. He thinks, now I wonder what gift, you know, Barney wants for Christmas, right? And Christmas is about Jesus coming. So the Holy, the Father gives gifts. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. Jesus is the gift. And so all three of the Trinity of God is all about giving gifts. So giving gifts is different than materialism and getting obsessed or um, <clears throat> uh, allowing uh, the getting of things to become an idol, that's bad and destructive. But this idea of giving gifts is very, very positive and very, very much a part of the nature of God and the kingdom economy. So we have the kingdom economy and the world economy. I need a Vanna White to write for me. <laughs> All right. And uh, there's um, a contrast. Here's, here's another verse. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith. How many know this one? Right. Why? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. So so faith, you, you must believe that he is, that he exists, and one, in that verse, one characteristic attribute that it emphasized that he's a rewarder. He gives, he gives rewards. He gives gifts. He gives something out. So in order to please God, we have to have faith and believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder. And um, so it's an essential part of God's character. The kingdom economy is based on giving and receiving. The world economy is based on how many not know this? Buying and selling. That's why every day they talk about the uh, Dow Jones index and how much the stocks of all these different companies uh, uh, sold for and how much was sold and how much people are buying, how many, uh, uh, how much people are selling their sales reports, you know, people buying more stuff. The Black Friday was good because sales were up. Everything in the world economy uh, operates around buying and selling. All right. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just how the economy works. But the kingdom economy that deals with kingdom issues that's eternal and works on a spiritual level uh, operates through giving and receiving. All right. Giving and receiving versus buying and selling. And so you can understand. And the Bible talks about that. We understand spiritual truths by looking at natural phenomenon. 
All right. Uh, the the invisible invisible attributes of God can be clearly seen. It says in Romans by through creation. Are you following me? All right. So we can learn things about the kingdom and about God by looking at the natural world, <clears throat> and we can learn a lot about how the kingdom works by understanding buying and selling. And I'm telling you now that this is a parallel. All right. You make money in the world by buying and selling stuff. And you might say, well, that's not how I make money. I, you know, I just work in a, you know, in a office. Well, you are selling your time and your skills for a price and they're paying you. And whatever office or something, whatever you're doing at the end of the road somewhere, they're making something to sell. They're selling a service or a product. Uh, hopefully making a profit on it, <laughs> which some companies have found out they're not, <laughs> and it breaks down. Are you following me? And so so you're in that world economy system, but you're also in this kingdom economy system that's based on giving and receiving. And in both, um, both of these systems uh, have the result of bringing increase. Right? If you buy and sell, the idea is you're going to make increase. You're going to profit. Right? You agree? Okay? On a spiritual level, giving and receiving brings increase. On a world level, buying and selling brings increase. But hopefully you're spiritually minded. You want to know how to increase in the kingdom. Uh, in the kingdom economy, it meets your needs. And it fulfills desire desires same thing over here but in the natural all right this is the natural this is the spiritual what part of the system do you want to be involved in well you're involved in both of them <laughs> but let me tell you the spiritual is over the natural all right and we need to operate on a spiritual level. We are in the world, but not... All right, but you're still in the world. And so we are agents in this world operating on the principles and the economy of a, another world, a greater world. We are not subject to the uh, uh, principalities and the elements of this world because we are subject to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. All right. <clears throat> now, if you live in the kingdom economy, it's going to have direct influence in your world economy. If you live by these principles, it's going to be manifested in this area. All right. So I'm not just talking about spiritual blessings. You have to understand that who gives all the good gifts? Right. The father. Right. And you know what? Money's pretty good. How many like having money? How many like driving a nice car? How many like going out and turning the key and having it start? That's, that's about the only thing I care about a car. You know, I don't care what color it is. I don't care how big it is. I just want to know when I hit turn that key, it starts. Because I want to get from point A to point B. <laughs> it's nice if it has heat. <laughs> and air conditioning. All right. But <clears throat> let me tell you, it works the other way too. If you're consumed with the world system... And absorbed, it's going to rob you of the benefits of the kingdom. You can't live in the world 
okay, and prosper in the Spirit. But you will prosper in the world if you live in the Spirit. All right? That's a good word there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. Whoa. I don't know what it is. Worship was really good this morning. What? Darn. That's great. Okay, what are the points? Uh, wow. So the kingdom uh, operates. No, let's say read 2 Corinthians 9, 5. All right. 2 Corinthians 9, 5. Who can get there first? There. Teach him. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren um, to go uh, to you ahead of time. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He said, I thought it necessary to tell the other Christians to go uh, to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be uh, ready as a matter of generosity and not I'm sorry, and not as grudging obligation. Okay, this is what Paul did. Paul went throughout Asia and Europe and he started churches. And then after a church got started, he would come back and visit those churches. He actually had a team of guys that would go ahead of him to the next city to get the offering. Isn't that great? (laughs) I just wonder how the church today would deal with that. (laughs) <laughs> all right, we're going we're gonna to talk to you all for three weeks about giving money when Paul comes. No, thankfully we don't do that, do we? <clears throat> but the point is, is that, uh, that we, the people would give out of generosity and not out of grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. All right, so very clear here. God doesn't want you to give out of grudging obligation. All right? But out of what? Love. And what's the word that he used here? Generosity. All right? Nevertheless, keep this in mind. In the same paragraph here, he says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So in other words, the amount of the return that you get is directly proportionate to the amount that you give. All right? <clears throat> Proverbs eleven twenty four. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Scatters. He just gives stuff away. This person just gives stuff away. Ecclesiastes 11.1 1 says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Take what's valuable and just, just hand it out. Give, give it and trust because you're going to see it return. Luke chapter 6 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus said that. All right. So everybody say out loud. With the same measure measure that I use, use, it will be measured back back to me. me. All right. Do you understand that? So there's a direct correlation. See, that's part of the kingdom economy. All right. And hoarding and gathering and keeping and storing up for yourself as part of the world economy. And they're in contradiction. 
The Bible says, give and it will be given to you. The world says, you know, buy and sell at a profit. Take advantage of other people. The point is, giving is an essential fundamental aspect or mechanism of the kingdom economy. It's the kingdom equivalent to uh, to buying and selling for a profit. Giving in every form, all right, not just giving at church, but giving in every form is the reproduction of godly character in us and makes us more like Him. (laughs) I'm sorry, it just took me 15 minutes to get through page one. (laughs) All right, warnings about giving. Okay, I had a grandpa. Anybody here have a grandpa? (laughs) Um, he passed away many many years ago but everybody in my family knew that anything that grandpa gave you he didn't really give you yeah because he would ask for it back (laughs) grandpa right you never met him he was quite a guy (laughs) you go to my facebook page you can see a picture of him (laughs) <laughs> but uh, he was an amazing guy, and he was fun to be around. He had all kinds of stuff. He had airplanes and boats and cabins and jeeps and all kinds of stuff. But whenever he was in the hunting, <coughs> and we knew it. Like, he'd give my brother a gun. He gave all of us a gun. But like a year or two later, he'd find some reason why he, he needed a gun back. He gave us his jeep, okay? As a boy, getting Grandpa's jeep, I'll never forget this. I was so excited. We had the Jeep. It was like a real Jeep, man. It went through woods. Okay? <laughs> and we'd ride in the Jeep. It was fun. And Grandpa decided he was going to give us the Jeep. Oh, wow. That was great. And we had it for less than a year, maybe six, eight months. And I don't know the story, but something happened. And, and so there were always strings attached. And gifts with strings attached are bad. All right, they're not gifts. <coughs> you know, my dad, my dad was a lot better. He just didn't give anybody anything. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. He didn't. He said, I'll, uh, "You can borrow it." He'd just say, "You can borrow it for a while." All right. And a later in life, he he knew that he wouldn't get it back. <laughs> All right. So gifts with strings attached, that's bad. If you give somebody something, it's theirs. You have no more control over it. All right? Anything more than that is is manipulation. All right? People will say, I give somebody things. This happens to me all the time. And they'll come back to me later and say, well, is it okay if I do? I was like, it's yours, man. You can do whatever you want. You can give it to somebody else. You can sell it on eBay. I don't care. I have no strings attached. If I give you something, it's yours. <coughs> all right? Uh, passive-aggressive. Behavior, and this is a whole other uh, thing you should learn about. But passive people, passive aggressive behavior is a is a disorder that a lot of people fall into, <coughs> and it has to do with um, it's like giving people uh, gift bombs. <laughs> giving things that push the person's buttons that you're giving them. You give them something, and it's usually an unconscious thing. So you'll give somebody something, and usually unconsciously, you're actually doing it because you're you're pushing their buttons. You know, it's like your your mom giving you a calling card because you never call her. <laughs> you know, uh, um, <coughs> you understand what that means? You know, there's there's manipulation there. 
And then sometimes in the Bible, the word gift is translated bribe. Now, sometimes it's, it's, it's actually speaking about bribe, but sometimes it's, it's talking about a gift. And we'll give you an example of this in a minute. But bribes are bad. If you use a gift to manipulate uh, as opposed to blessing, all right, then it's, it's not a gift, it's a bribe. If you use it uh, to produce, you know, what's the difference between a bribe, bribe and a gift? If there's injustice involved versus mercy, okay? Uh, a bribe is an attempt to avoid penalty, okay? Which is injustice. As opposed to giving somebody something just to bless them. Does that make sense? All right. So bribes are bad. Gifts are good. Um, a bribe is anytime you give for the purpose to get rather than give for the purpose to bless. All right. My purpose in giving this is not to get. Now, the Bible teaches that we get according to how we give. That's a truth there. But it's the motive that counts here. That if you get in order to if you give in order to get, that's a bad motivation. You need to cast your bread on the water. That means you just throw it out and you trust. You give, you give, you give. Um, and uh, Proverbs eighteen sixteen. Let's go there. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. All right, what a great verse. But <clears throat> you'll find in some translations that it's that's a, a bribe. And, and there's actually a commentary on this. A commentary, this was written quite a while ago, over 100 years ago. Um, a man's gift maketh room for him. This is Clark's commentary. Well, I, actually, I love Clark. He's one of my favorite guys. It is and ever has been a base and degrading practice in Asiatic countries, countries of Asia, to bring a gift or present to the great man into whose presence you come. Without this, there is no audience, no favor, no justice. This arose from the circumstance that men must not approach the altar of God without an offering. He actually quotes a biblical precedent for something that he's disagreeing with. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, and then he quotes, believe me, he quotes somebody else doesn't give, a, oh, it's a translation of a, a ancient Greek uh, proverb Uh, believe me gifts prevail much with both gods and men even jupiter himself is pleased with his own offerings okay and so in some translations it's this is translated not a gift but a bribe and the fact that he says that this comes out of a, a western um a more of a, a, a european mindset that this practice in Asian countries of giving gifts when you come before someone is base and degrading. I've been to Asia. <laughs> and I've been to uh, Muslim countries as well, uh, which was the same influence, Arabic. Uh, uh, and this idea of giving gifts is actually not base and degrading. I find it very honorable. All right? So it's that mindset that kind of misinterprets because the gift, the word gift in the Hebrew actually means giving someone a present. And it's a good thing. As long as it's not a bribe. Alright? And so it's not base and degrading to come and present someone with a, a gift. In fact, the Bible says that <clears throat> it results in uh, many blessings. 
Proverbs 17, verse 8. Did that make sense or did I just confuse you? All right. So there's, there's a, there can be a negative bias against this practice that's based on not on biblical truths, but on a cultural uh, difference. And, and seeing that uh, giving of gift is base and degrading. I, it can actually be very honoring. Whenever we go to Japan, we always bring gifts for our hosts because their culture, giving a gift is very important. And it means something to the person. So we, we try to accommodate that culture. Well, listen, in the kingdom of God, giving gifts is very important. You know why? You know why? I've already told you. Huh? Because God's a giver. When you go to God's house, He's going to have a gift for you. There's going to be a reward. And so God's into gift giving. He really is. And so there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of presents under the tree. As long as you don't bow down and worship that whole mentality. Are you hearing me? All right. Quickly, Cameron. Benefits of gift giving. Proverbs 17.8 A present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Wherever he turns, he prospers. If you have a present, a gift, it's like a precious stone. Now, this works both ways. If you have something to give, you have, a, you have something that's valuable. And wherever you turn, you'll prosper. Same thing as if you get, receive a gift. That's a blessing. And it's going to cause prosperity. So gifts equal prosperity. Prospering. All right? Gifts bring prosperity. Proverbs 18.16. That's the one we just read. A man's gifts or a person's gifts makes room for him and brings him before great men. In the NIV it says, a gift opens the way for the giver and ushers him into the presence of the great. How many want a way opened for you? You know, like going into the grocery store and those doors just magically open. (laughs) Because you're going to be buying something from them. All right. But in the kingdom, if you come to give, God's going to open up doors. That's a word for somebody in here. You want a door opened up for you and you need to give something to make that door open. Are you hearing me? You need to come with the attitude that you're going to give. And if you come with an attitude to, to give, and I'm not just talking about church. I don't know, you may give to somebody else. Give to a relative. Give to somebody in the street. You know, give to your spouse. Give to your kids. But if you come with a heart attitude to give, God's going to open up the door for you. Third benefit. First benefit is it brings prosperity. Second benefit is that it opens the way. The message says a gift gets attention. You know, uh, the third benefit, and this is the, the verse I read earlier that um, really uh, launched me into this idea, is that many entreat the favor of nobility, and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. Uh, I contrast that with the next verse. It says, even the relatives of the poor despise them. How much more will their friends avoid them? 
Though the poor plead with them, their friends are gone. The message translates this, Lots of people flock around a generous person. Everyone is a friend to the philanthropist. Can you say philanthropist? I've always had a hard time with that. So how many want friends? Listen, there is a dynamic in the kingdom that if you give people gifts, you're going to have more friends. And if you're stingy, you're going to have fewer friends. Poor. Doesn't just you know it does mean literally poor, but they're probably poor because there's there's a reason, all right? Uh, and you can give gifts that are not monetary, all right? Um, let me just jump to that and then I'll try to close here. Some non-monetary gifts. How about the gift of time? That's the most costly. Give somebody some time. Give somebody five minutes. Give somebody ten minutes. Might change your life. Scott and Stephanie, I was just down there. They send their greeting and their love, by the way. And it's a heck of a lot warmer down there, let me tell you. <laughs> There's colors. We were at the beach. It was wonderful. But uh, <clears throat> he said, Scott said, you know, if people just, if you just give them time, they'll tell their story. And so they're meeting all kinds of people. And, uh, and just giving the gift of time. Giving, how about attention? Giving somebody some attention. How about prayer and your concern, your love? That doesn't, you know, what does that cost you? Again, just some of your heart. Uh, giving someone advice, giving the gift, actually, uh, of uh, responsibility or authority in some positions. And that's that's one thing that I see as a gift. If I give somebody responsibility over an area, I'm giving them a gift. All right, because I know that that'll prosper them if they handle it properly. And if they despise that gift, they'll, they'll, they'll not benefit from it. But then it also means, you know, have something in your pocket that you're ready to give. Every time I went to this grocery store when I was a kid, the IGA. <laughs> I still remember this. This old guy worked in the meat department. Big, bald, always had a big apron on. Every time we'd go in there, I don't know, he thought he was, I was cute. Maybe he did this to all the kids. I don't know, but I thought he only did it to me. He'd always come up and, <clears throat> you know, and then he'd have a little quarter. He'd give me a quarter. And I remember one time I saw him, it was at a, uh, at a carnival. In there, I grew up in a very small town. They had a carnival once a year. And there was the guy from the grocery store. I don't even know his name, you know. But I was excited because he was a nice old guy that would give me stuff. <laughs> and to this day, I remember he gave me a silver dollar. I was like, wow, man, to a kid, I was freaked out i probably still have that <clears throat> all right so having something to give it, the benefits of giving is it brings prosperity it brings opportunity the open door it brings friends how many want more friends practice find a way to give gifts you don't have to do it every time uh and it brings peace proverbs 21 14 i'll end with this a gift in secret pacifies anger and here the word is translated, a bribe behind the back, strong wrath. Let me read it from the message. A quietly given gift soothes an irritated person. A heartfelt present cools a hot temper. Notice how the translation changes because of the, the voice or the cultural attitude of the translator. In the New King James, it says a bribe behind the back. But in the message, it actually says a heartfelt pr- 
present. Okay? So this is where consulting several translations and maybe looking at the original Greek and Hebrew word helps you understand, especially when there's a difference between translations. A quietly given gift soothes an irritable person. A quietly given gift. A heartfelt present. Not okay. Not a gift with strings attached. Not a gift that is passive aggressive. Okay. Not a gift that's a bribe that you want to get something. But a heartfelt present cools a hot temper. You ever? Do you know anybody that's irritable in your life? <laughs> Actually, my wife and I are having a conversation here. <laughs> Oh, my word. Give gifts. It's a kingdom principle that will get peace in your life. Prosperity, friendships, and an open door. Find ways to give, and it will be given to you. The same measure you give, the measure you return. God blesses it. Be more like God. Sarah's going to come and give some announcements. Amen. Good morning. It's hot microphone. I'd like to welcome any guests that are here with us today. We appreciate you coming. If you are here and for the first time, please fill out the connection card that's attached to the bulletin you received when you came through the door and bring it to the connection counter at the back of uh, this room and you will get a gift from us to you because we appreciate you coming today. A gift. We're a giving church here. Um, just a couple of announcements. Um, one about gift giving as well. Um, the women's spa group, who knows about that group? It's Kathy Taffel and Dorsey are leading it. Um, they're adopting a family for Christmas um, through love and the name of Christ, Love, Inc., in other words. How many of you have heard of Love, Inc.? It's an organization that helps people out in many ways. Um, so they are going to um, adopt a family, and they'd like the help of the whole congregation because, you know, they're a smaller group. They'd like to maximize the benefits of our large family. So um, just to bless the family, they're, you know, going to do food and gifts and as much as they can. And so this next Sunday, uh, the 14th, we're going to, as a church, um, collectively take an offering for this family. Um, so just keep that in mind, you know, pray about it this week. And um, we'll be mentioning it again next week and taking an offering for that family. Okay? Also, this is the last chance to sign up on the connection card for the Christmas party, which is this next Saturday, um, including a catered meal as a gift from the church to everyone. And we're going to have a couple things after the meal. Um, Just going to be a good time of um, just the family getting together and having some time to share. And um, we're going to have some songs and things like that. It's going to be really fun. And then also you can sign up on the connection card for the camping trip, which is in July. Who wants to camp? (laughs) I'm thinking about that right now. Um, So go ahead and sign up for the July camping trip today. And today is also the last chance to do that. And then um, one last announcement. Um, This next Saturday, the 13th, we're going to be meeting to pray for the Joneses in South Carolina for their um, church plant, New Day, South Carolina. And it's going to be from 11 to 12 at my house. The address is in there. You can call me or um, contact Seth for any questions or anything. All right? 
Okay, let's take the offering. Ushers, if you can come forward, and if you can join with me in prayer. Father, we just thank you and we bless you, Lord, that you are such a giver. And um, we just commit our lives to being like you, God. And I just pray that you would draw the giver inside of all of us out as we um, continue on in life. And I pray that we'd all grow in that area, Lord. And I just pray, Father, for the blessing, Lord, that you have over your people, Father, in the area of finances and abundance, Lord. And we just pray for a blessing over Michigan. Lord, we just pray for a strengthening of our economy, Father, just even a restructuring, whatever it it will take to um, change and shift this area, Father. We just pray a blessing over that, Lord. And we bless this offering, Father. We honor you in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Um, My husband who's amazing, is coming up here to give a testimony. Who also owns the house that she owns. Uh, I just uh, uh, have a testimony about work, and um, I I got my, uh, the area that I worked in got reorganized, and so I got put under a new boss, and you know, anytime there's a new boss, it's like, okay, figuring out what the new boss wants, and trying to figure out... um, you know, every boss is a little different. And so uh, my new boss has, has a lot of, um, he likes to be involved in everything that is going on. Some people call it micromanaging, but I don't. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's actually, he's got some really, really good skills that I'm trying to learn from him, but he's really involved in everything that's going on. So it was really difficult for me because... Um, it felt like in order for him to do anything, it required me to be around. And so that was really frustrating for me. Uh, you know, I'm talking to Sarah, like, do we need to set up some boundaries? Like, do I need to set up some boundaries? This is what you do. This is what I do. You know, trying to kind of get organized like that. And I was coming home from work um, tired and irritated and frustrated and um, it felt like, you know, I've worked at, I've worked there for mm, going on eight years in January and it felt like really one of the most difficult times for me because just the, you know, no fault of his own, it's his style and, and, and whatever. And so, but it was really difficult for me. It was really frustrating and I felt, you know, even just, uh, depressed and frustrated and like, I can't, I can't, how do I deal with this situation? It's really difficult. So, um, uh, Sarah and I were praying about it one night, and I and I, I felt like God spoke to me, and He said, "Look at every situation like an opportunity." And so, I started to apply that, looking at every situation like an opportunity. And so, basically, God just took a situation that was very difficult in my life, and He gave me a strategy for it, and it shifted the way shifted the way that I was looking at it. Okay. And so I started looking at every situation like an opportunity. So I started saying, whenever he said, uh, I need you to come and do this and be involved in this, I was like, yes, okay, let's go. Let's go. I'll come and do that. I'll help you out with that. Every time he would ask me to do something in the past, I, I had this resistance almost because I didn't have time or, I was, you know, whatever. I had my own things that I wanted to do um, that, you know, were he had given me to do earlier. <laughs> um, but I shifted and I started saying, okay, God, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity. And so everything that he asked me to do, I said, okay, I'm going to just jump on it and do it. And what I realized was 
my boss sits in the room with VPs and executive managers. And what he wanted me to, basically he's invite, my boss is inviting me to be a part of what's going on in those, in those rooms and in those situations. And so I've had more opportunity since that time, since, I, since God gave me a strategy and shifted my thinking, I've had more opportunity than I've ever had before. I've, had, I've got relationships with people that I've never had relationships before. And God has just been, just been blessing that. And um, it's been such, it's been, uh, for me, I came home from work one Friday and I said, I feel more fulfilled wow. than I ever have felt at my career. And so the shift, the change from being completely overwhelmed and depressed and tired to being completely fulfilled was all because God spoke a strategy to me. God gave me something. And so can, can I ask if people want that and pray for them? All right. (laughs) So, right. So it, you know, can you guys, if you guys can think of situations in your lives where you think are very difficult, they feel stressful, they feel overwhelming. Um, a lot of times it's in relationships. A lot of times it's, you know, in interaction with other people that, man, I just can't seem to get through this situation or I just seem to always be fighting this situation. I just, uh, why don't you raise your hand if you've, you feel like that in certain situations. And I'm going to pray for you guys that God gives you strategies because what, that's what I believe the word is. God wants to give us strategies for situations in our lives. He wants to speak to us a different perspective and a different way to look at things, all right? So just raise your hand if you need that. Father, uh, you see the hands that are raised. And Father, I thank you that you gave me a strategy and you've been giving me strategies for situations at work and in relationships, God. And I pray that you just pour out, you just open our ears to hear what you have to say, Father. You'll open our ears to, to um, hear strategies for how to look at, how to deal with, how to um, approach situations in our lives, God. I pray that you'll give us a change in perspective, God. You'll take a situation and you just shift it so we can see it with your eyes and your heart, God. In Jesus' name, I just pray that there will be a blessing of strategies released in this place. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. Seth, can you come over and pray for people if you have any need whatsoever? Uh, Seth will be here, especially in the workplace. If you need favor in the workplace uh, and are having difficulty, have Seth pray for you. If you have any other needs, uh, healing needs or other concerns, you have the other prayer team members pray for you. Over here we have the prophetic team uh, where it's a team of people that have been trained to hear God's voice and they will share what they feel God wants to say to you. And it's it's, it's uh, uh, done in a low-key way, uh, and, but they, they're willing to share. And it's uh, often a tremendous, it's always a tremendous blessing to hear from God's voice. Otherwise, would you stand up? <clears throat> Greet the person near you that maybe you don't know. Uh, give them a big uh, uh, hug. <laughs> and you are dismissed in Jesus' name.
has always been you.